Welcome to Season 5 of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast with Adina, Brian, Chris, and Steve, the biggest sci-fi podcast in the galaxy. The adventure is just beginning here at the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, and we invite you to come aboard the Starship Tangent. We know you'll enjoy the conversation, the laughter, the banner back and forth, and most of all, friends who love hanging out to talk about all things science fiction. Set your phasers to fun. Here we go. Hello, and a big welcome to all our fantastic listeners of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. Today's episode is one we've been eagerly anticipating for over six months. We first met our wonderful guest at Trek Long Island last May, had everything lined up for an interview, and then, as fate would have it, the sag after strike happened. Now, but good things come to those who wait, and I'm thrilled to say we're back on track. Joining us today is the incredibly talented Issa Briones. To all you Star Trek enthusiasts, you'll recognize her from Star Trek Picard, where she, where she brilliantly played multiple roles. The androids Dodge, Soji, Sutra, I think I pronounced that one right too, and in the second season, Corey. I've always been in awe of actors who can bring different layers to the same character, and Issa does this with such finesse. And we're definitely going to delve into that today. And we'll also be chatting about her recent role as Margot Stokes in the Disney Plus Hulu series Goosebumps. And generally talk about Issa's journey from growing up in a family of performers Whoa. to her diverse career spanning stage and screen, which is nothing short of inspiring. So without further ado, let's welcome Issa to our show. Hi. Hi. Thank you guys for having me. So happy we can finally do this. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, right. Because, uh, you know, we we met you and some other amazing people at Trek Long Island. And then shortly thereafter, that's when everything went kaplooey. Oh, yeah. Yes. Very, um, I guess, ex expectedly because uh, the writer's strike had, mm -hmm. I think, already started at that point. Um, yeah. So something was coming. But, um, yeah, that was a, a very interesting few months um for everyone in the business but um yeah I so think how, how what did you do to occupy your time what were you uh, you know what was life like for you during that it's funny because it felt obviously you know very very different um it feels kind of minimizing to to uh, compare the two but just the effect on artists I think um felt very similar to like when COVID first happened, where it's just like, wow, everything has shut down so suddenly. And like, what do we do? And um, it was such a kind of strange, familiar territory from the last couple of years. And um, I think in a way I had kind of practice at it because of mm -hmm. um, the last couple of years. I, I mean, I, during COVID is when I realized I, I am a creative being and I need a creative outlet. So when I don't have acting or, or singing or something like that, I like, I need to fill it with something else. And I, I was able to find art and I started doing mm -hmm. more visual art and that was kind of how I stayed sane. And so this time around when the strike happened, I, I had that as like a creative outlet to lean on, but um, it was also just, you know, a lot of picketing and, and conversations and, and, there was a lot of misinformation out there at the time and, and the media painting it as this, this crazy thing that actors were trying to ask for living wages. And, um, and uh, yeah, so it, it was, it was definitely an important time of just kind of 
talking and and spreading the actual information of what we were fighting for. And thanks to um, the amazing people at SAG-AFTRA, we have reached a deal. And I'm and I feel like I speak for a lot of people when we say we're very grateful for what we got to. And so happy to continue. We love. <laughs> yeah. Now that it's that's over and it's passed, is it everything back to the way it was, or is it different? Or it. I think what what I'm experiencing right now is it's it's an interesting kind of crawl back to because uh, you know the strike ended and then it was the holidays so that's always kind of downtime um, in this business so I think it was it was kind of nice as like a, a way to be like okay that is over now we can celebrate with our loved ones and then like come January that's when we're starting to push and be like okay how do we get back to what we were mm-hmm. doing and still in process because you know people weren't writing people weren't doing these things like we need to kind of slowly gear up again but i think it's it's kind of returning to form it's really it's it's taking a second but um i it, it was definitely a bummer during um the strike that that was when Goosebumps premiered um, mm-hmm. on Disney Plus and Hulu, and um, so it was, a, it was definitely sad that we couldn't talk about the show because it was something that all of us were so proud of and um, really excited about. Um, but it did the strike did end like <laughs> the week before the final episode came out, um, okay. so we did get to at least post about it <laughs> at some point. <laughs> but um, but that that was one of the the sadder things was just that we couldn't kind of commune together as a family, like the the whole production and and really celebrate what we did. But mm-hmm. um, you know, we've been able to celebrate from afar and and you know, people still got to see it and people showed up and 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 gave us a lot of love and and we're really, really grateful for that. Yeah. We Excellent. were we were uh, sorry, Dina, we were had the pleasure of having um, Michelle on and John Billingsley. To, uh, yeah. Right, was it right as the strike was? Ha- it was during the strike. During the strike, wasn't it? Well, Michelle was just before, before, and John and some folks were on during during because we were helping to promote to to help educate folks on what was That's really right. happening with the yeah. strike. Yeah. Okay, but to yeah. but to hear them talk about it in a way that really helped us fans. Yeah, understand it better was so helpful. And I know there were people doing that throughout um, the throughout podcast land as a way to help get the word out. And it was just very helpful for us to wrap our minds around it because there was a lot of misinformation. And it's incredible. It's it's not a very accessible information at the beginning. And so, Mm -hmm. of course, people didn't understand it. Um, But I will say, I think when I was going to um, conventions, it, it was it was a strange time because obviously we, we couldn't talk about the things that we were there to celebrate. Right. <laughs> but people would come up and the amount of, of love that we were getting from fans saying, like, we support you, we stand with you. Like, yeah. I just want to say to any fans listening, like, thank you so much because that was so felt and so inspiring and a reminder that, like, we should not give up and should not settle. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a, it's a thing that was so dear to many people's hearts. Yeah. Was standing up for our rights, but for just mm-hmm. fair treatment to be I treated mean, it's, it's fairly. Very Star Trek, <laughs> you know? Right. 
Yep. That that is a core theme of of so many of those stories is is fighting for what's right, fighting for equality and inclusion and and for just fairness. And um yeah, I think I think that resonated with so many people in, in a big way. So speaking of Star Trek, I, I'm I'm mm, so anxious mm. to talk about Picard. <laughs> can yeah, we please? Can, yes. Well the the thing that's really um on my mind is the role you played, it wasn't just one role. It was so many different roles, you know, different sides to the same character. And I, I think my first question is when you were auditioning, did you know how, ex how that was going to play out? What did you know at the time? Not quite. I, <clears throat> when I was first auditioning, I, I was first like self taping for it because I was on tour at the time with Hamilton and I was sending in self tapes. Wait, what? Yeah. Yes. Did you not read I my didn't notes? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, that was kind of my first bigger job. I, I was nineteen doing Hamilton, and um, I, I knew I was leaving after a year because I did that for a year, and and I knew that I was going to leave, and I had been auditioning, and I had these self tapes for a secret Star Trek thing that mm -hmm. mysteriously Sir Patrick Stewart was a part of. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so then I had been sending in tapes and like multiple. And then finally uh, they said, Patrick saw your tape and um, really loved it. And he and the rest of the team would love for you to come in uh, in LA. And I was finishing my run in Hamilton on a Sunday and then I flew out Monday to LA and had my final call back on Tuesday wow. and I was sitting in the room and the, the casting director, um, amazing Liz Dean, love you. Shout out. Um, she came out to kind of say hi to me and be like, don't be nervous. Like it's all good. And, um, and she was like, yeah, so really what they're looking for is kind of, about like, you know, the the thing with like your sister and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, my my sister, huh? And she was like, yeah, you're the twin sister. Like, well, you would be playing. but And I was like, oh, <laughs> no one told me that. <laughs> so from that audition, I found out, okay, I'd be playing twins. But I still didn't know exactly the, the, the breadth of that. I didn't realize that it was going wow. to be Dodge for one episode. And then it was going to be um, uh, Soji. And I... Um, yeah, I just, I, it was very much like a snowball effect where I just kind of was learning as I went. And then once I was cast, I then found out, okay, so I kind of have these sisters in separate boxes and I'm never like really interacting with myself. Um, and I think that kind of made crafting the characters and making them distinct kind of mm -hmm. easier. Um, because mm -hmm. I, I was kind of taking them one at a time. Like I, I had, I, I was with Dodge for like a, a month or not even a month, maybe like th two, three weeks. And then I got to say goodbye to her. And then it was like now time to focus on Soji mm -hmm. and create a new character. Um, and then Sutra just came out of nowhere. I mean, like once you're that deep into filming, we were on, we were on episode eight and like, cause things were at that point, you, things are getting a little crazy. Scripts are getting to you a little late and you're just 
working day and night. You're, you don't even know what you're filming tomorrow. You're just looking <laughs> when you're in the makeup trailer, like, oh, what am I doing tomorrow? And we got a new script for episode nine. And I'm like in the makeup trailer. They're f- fixing my hair, blah, 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 And I'm reading. And I'm like, Sutra. Who's Sutra? <laughs> like who who is this chick and then i read it and it's like she looks remarkably like soji and i was like ah here we go mm-hmm. <laughs> here's another one excellent um, yeah. <laughs> so did brent spiner uh have any feedback for you because he was that's that's something he's known for in star trek is playing different roles um did was there any interaction there or did he just kind of let you do your thing and well when i when I first met Brent, um, it was funny. It was like a, it was a photo shoot day. We were doing mm. like a kind of promo shoot and I met him and the first time I met him. He was in full data. Oh my goodness. Book. So it was just <laughs> <That's> so <awesome. laughs> surreal. Um, and, and he was, he was so lovely. I mean, he's, he's the best. And, um, we were just getting to know each other and, and really, it, it it became clear, and also from the creative team, they made it clear: you are not supposed to be a remake of Data. Mm. You are not recreating anything that's been done before. You are your own entity, but you know you you do carry this legacy, and so that is that's more the vehicle that Soji is, and and um, so that doesn't really mean like, oh, how do I? become like him, but what are yeah. some things that I can bring to the character that honor that legacy? And um, one thing that they definitely wanted was the data head tilt um, every once in a while, just to not to like hammer it away, but just be like, you know, this is there. So you have this thing kind of um, anchoring you to data. And uh, that was one thing that I think I didn't even ask him. I was afraid. I was like, oh, this is going to be so embarrassing <laughs> if I have to ask him, like, hey, can I have help? <laughs> but <laughs> he, I think, saw that it was in the script and he's like, hey, do you need any help? Like, he he asked me. And wow. I was like, I mean, that would be amazing. And then he just kind of, like, did it with me. And he was like, but, you know, make it your own. Like, do do your thing. And and from that moment on, it's, you know, with, with such an established legend actor like that you know i think it's always the mark of 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 a really wonderful mentor when they're not super mentoring yeah, you know yeah. when they're not mm-hmm. overbearing it's just like i'm here supporting yeah. you and if you have questions i'm here but you know i trust you and and that's, that's fabulous what i felt from him and also from from patrick and from everyone there mm-hmm. how much uh, star trek were you aware of before even auditioning like have you ever watched the show or I unfortunately I didn't grow up with with Trek. Um I was always aware of it because you know it's hard. I think you have to live under a rock it's, to not yes. be aware of Star Trek. <laughs> but um yeah, I, I didn't grow up with um the earlier shows, but the one thing that I always knew was that it was kind of at the forefront of diversity in Hollywood and from the beginning and knowing first interracial kiss and on screen and and you know coming from a mixed family having an asian father like george takei was was such an icon in in our home and so i was always aware of his impact and that bleeding into star trek and um but once 
once I was cast, that was really what started my fandom. I I then started mm. watching um, TNG. I couldn't get, I wasn't really going through all of it because that's a lot to get through. A lot. Like, <laughs> two weeks leading up to filming. <laughs> but I, I would kind of bop around. And at the time it was on Netflix and I was like looking at the, the um, uh, thumbnails and being like, okay, what, what looks like, data is in this the most and oh see you should have come to us because we could have told you exactly (laughs) what episodes and what order and which ones you're going to get the most out of because she knew us before the first one that i watched um Mm -hmm. that was um one with with data's daughter oh the offspring yeah offspring and i i couldn't believe that i landed on that first like i was just kind Mm -hmm. of going through and mm. I didn't, I don't wow. think I even knew exactly what the tagline of it was. I just watched it and I was like, oh mm. my God, <laughs> this is the perfect one to watch. And yep. I think that episode also directed by the amazing Jonathan Frakes. His um, first one. That was the first, first one he directed one, too. And, yeah. he and that, I mean, that, sh- that, that episode was so moving. I cried, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would that being my first real exposure to data and his legacy wow. was so just informing where I was just like, oh, this is so much bigger than just some mm-hmm. some job. It's I mean, it, it, and it was a huge thing. I mean, it was my first big TV role. But like for this to be so important to so many people and it, for it to tackle such complex themes that are so relevant to today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that really just kind of opened my mind to, wow, this experience is going to be mm-hmm. really uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and a was. follow up to that, if I can, yeah. did we've asked other Trek actors this, did you have any idea about the fandom in what it would mean for you to have such ho- hopefully rich and fun encounters with so many fans and that probably for the rest of your life, if yeah. you choose to go there to the conventions, uh, you'll have that available. Did you know that when you started? Did someone say, hey, get ready? <laughs> I mean, no, truly, that's the first thing that anyone says to you. Um, oh, wow, really? Like, I I mean, I knew that Star Trek has a, a huge fan base. I mean, I feel like... Trekkies invented fandom. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, Pretty um, much. Yeah. Yeah. But and so I knew that going into it. But no, once once I started started working on the show, anytime I was working with one of the legacy cast members, it like that was the first thing they said. They were like, you know that this these fans are gonna follow you for life. Right. Like, this is your family now. Like this yep. is and it's what everyone said, and it's it's true. It remains true. And I mean, it's been years since I've done Star Trek now. Not, I mean, not that many years, obviously, but um, still mm-hmm. people are still so engaged and, and still care so much and, and keep following you throughout your career. And it's, right. it's, it's really so, so beautiful. Yep. 20 years from now, we'll still want to talk oh, yeah. to you about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And hopefully other stuff too. Hopefully some other cool stuff. Yeah, but definitely (laughs) Star Trek. It's it's a given now. It is an absolute given. So then in in season in season two, you played this other character, Corey, and then you were really working on stage with Brent Spiner like a lot or on screen. And what so how is 
season one and season two like different? It's very different. I, yeah, I think the funny thing, the way that it was like similar was that I started season one very isolated because I was on the board cube. So it was like really just me and Harry Treadaway and, and then eventually me and Patrick, but like, I wasn't with the rest of the cast until the last like three episodes. Mm. Um, and similarly this, like <laughs> Corey is literally isolated. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was, it was all with, with Brent. I mean, he was the only person I saw on set most days. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was, it was definitely a different, it it was interesting to kind of backtrack because I had played these, these characters who were modeled after this girl that I played in season two. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like, whoa, I'm kind of, I, I, we're literally traveling back in time, but I'm going back to the original. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's also exciting in, in, in kind of a, in sort of a, a selfish little way where I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm getting even deeper ingrained into the Star Trek lore. <laughs> like this goes all the way back to this time. And, and, and she was there and, um, yeah, so it it was interesting to be like, whoa, I'm I'm going back to the person who who started all of these mm-hmm. these um, subsequent synths, and like, what does that mean? Who who is she? If she is kind of who everyone is modeled after. Yeah, I was surprised too in season two. We need to let Chris jump in. He's probably dying to <laughs> say something. Um, but uh, I was gripped as a father in season two with mm-hmm. how your character could not be exposed to sunlight directly. Yeah. That was strangely almost not terrifying, but disturbing to me as a father myself. Yeah. To go, oh my gosh, what if that was my daughter? You know, to have those feelings really came out really well. Just was, the yeah. scenes between you and Brent were just fantastic. And it's a very obviously complicated father-daughter relationship. Mm-hmm that there's a lot there that's like yeah there's love but also is it love is it hubris is it what like it's it's a lot of things and it was also interesting to play that character after the pandemic had happened and to be like oh this character is isolated by herself she can't go outside which we as Mm -hmm a people had just experienced for two years. Um, so I think that that definitely bled into the, that character and that, that storyline um, mm-hmm. in that season. Wow. So speaking of, you know, parent feelings uh, about things. So I did watch the first episode of Goosebumps. <laughs> and as a parent, uh, one of the things that struck me was there was a scene that you eat a peanut. Yes. Your character eats peanuts. My older son is anaphylactic to peanuts. <gasps> yep. So I'm sitting there, like my look on my face, I'm just oh, like, yeah. I am horrified because that Everything that is, is literally plain. my nightmare. <laughs> You're like, oh God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that, <laughs> that was that, mm-hmm. that was really that was an intense day because that was like one of the first days that we had and and um and Rob Hubel, who um played my dad I played his daughter he he's the 
best person to work with. I love him. He is the mm. funniest person you've ever met. Um, but the, there were a lot of moments where we, I was like, this really, this works. Like mm-hmm. we got a father daughter kind of energy going on. And I, and I, and I love that. Um, but yeah, those, I, what can I say? I have just a track record of playing the <laughs> troublesome daughter. <laughs> Can't can't control her. <laughs> well, but that this in this case it was not you know your your fault, and that that's the yeah. to me that's the actual nightmare because oh, yeah. like my child is very conscientious about his food allergies, and mm-hmm. to have something happen completely out of his control, you know, oh, is just terrifying. that is the nightmare. That's yes, that's terrifying. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I by the way, I I. It's amazing the first episode of TNG you watched was Offspring. I know. And yes. it was just as, I mean, talk about needle in a haystack. And and I think the next one was um, me- uh, Measure of a Man. Measure oh, of a okay. Man. Yeah. yeah. Good. Every date episode is iconic. <laughs> Did you yeah, say yeah, every episode date right. is in? No, like <laughs> every, every date is oh, centric. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like data's day. Brothers. Brothers yeah. is one of my favorite. Oh, yeah, and partly... It's one of my favorite because Brent Spiner plays the three characters in the one scene, which that just blows my mind that that's like technically not not tech. I mean, technically, I understand. But the fact that he's able to do it so convincingly that you believe that there are three unique people in that room. um, Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Yes. What were you going to say? I was just going to 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 ask about because I'm so because with Trek, like. I just can't imagine how actors do it with the dialogue. Did you struggle with the dialogue in in the in the series? Um, yeah, <laughs> um, I'd say for Soji specifically because she she's very smart, <laughs> um, and she's I mean she she's got a big girl job on the board cube, and so she is she's really saying a lot of stuff that I don't know. Um, and, (laughs) and then once, once she becomes activated, she just has this plethora of knowledge within her. She just knows everything. So that means I have to say everything. (laughs) And I do not know everything. (laughs) So I remember one of the first like rough days with dialogue. It was, um, Maybe it's episode eight, I think, where, yeah, I think it's episode eight when I try to, I take over the La Serena and I, I'm like, I've like blocked everyone off and, and Santiago is, is yelling at me, trying to get me to stop. And I'm like, beep, boop, beep, booping on the, <laughs> on the console. And I'm saying all this jargon. And I just, and also I was in these shoes that were tripping me and I kept like tripping over a step. And at a certain point I was just like, I just almost <laughs> screamed because I was like, oh my God, I have so many words. And I, but honestly, I had, it was nothing compared to like Michelle. Michelle yeah. has to say so much stuff. I mean, security detail is always like the most jargon. And I would just watch in awe. And we had some days where we'd just be like, I'm going crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Did you have a what was your what was your process to work through those heavy scripts? Uh, I mean, at that point, it's just you you become so like you have to think. Okay, this person 
knows this lingo like the back of their hand because this is their element. So mm. it needs to sound so effortless. Um, so at that point, you just need to be thrilling it so that it sound it's coming out of your mouth like, yeah, I know this. I say this all the time. <laughs> um, right. But it, it really, I mean, but then it, honestly, one of the harder things to, um, to memorize and work on was um, the last couple episodes when I was playing Sutra because she, oh, that bitch is a monologuer. She <laughs> loves a monologue. <laughs> oh, God. And she, and that was at a point when you're towards the end of the series, things are getting chaotic, the scripts are coming in the night before. Mm, and wow. I remember I was going to shoot her like big monologue scene. And the night before, like I had been waiting for revisions. They told me revisions were coming and I had been waiting. And I was like, I have to wake up at 4 a.m. to get into hair and makeup. So I need to go to bed. So I went to bed at like 11, 12, and it still hadn't come in. Wow. The revisions came at 1 a.m. And of course, I didn't see them. Because I was like, I need to. <laughs> oh, <see."> no. <laughs> um, and so then I wake up to, they made the monologue so much longer. And I was like, oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> and so I'm in the makeup trailer while they're doing, and they're goldifying me, putting my wig on, and I'm I'm just trying to drill these words. And that, in a way, is even harder because you want to drill it so you know it like the back of your hand. But also, there's so much emotion behind it it's not it's not just i'm spouting out information it's like this is this has a lot of weight so i can't just be like reciting words like i need to have an opinion about the things i'm saying Mm. so that is when you know when when it's crunch time those are the more challenging days um to really have a monologue down by by 7 (laughs) a.m that is that is really dealing with the makeup yeah huh Oh, so I was going to say, and you're dealing with the makeup, which I've oh, heard yeah. like nothing but horror stories about. I mean, you know, thankfully, Brent dealt with the worst kind of era of that makeup because it was very new at the time. So he had like the powder gold on him that would just flake off and fall off and they'd have to keep reapplying and his contacts were terrible and he couldn't see. And I mean, my contacts weren't amazing either, but I, you know... They were better, but I definitely, with the yellow contacts, you can't, they have to make the pupil so tiny. So really, you can only see out of two tiny little holes and the rest is just yellow. And I was in these crazy wedged heels walking on gravel. (laughs) And I just had to, I was like, whatever, like PA was there. I was like, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to be holding on to you while we walk to set because I can't see. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> it's amazing wow. because you know one of the things that I've been learning as I you know talk to you and some of the other Trek actors is how little preparation you have for your dialogue, and having watched these shows for years, I, I find that just incredible what you're able to do with that little time. It's, I mean, I'm, even, I'm in even awe. Us, like we had, it was crazy, but still we had more time than TNG actors did. They were doing. Mm-hmm. 23 25 episodes in a season so they're just working back to back to back there it's it's coming at them rapid fire and i and at that point you do experience kind of a your brain gets used to it like when Mm -hmm. i'm working 
the way I'm able to pick up dialogue, it's so much faster. So like if I'm, if when I'm working on a show and I have other auditions, it is kind of crazy how I'm like doing a self tape and I'm like, how did I memorize that by just reading it once? <laughs> but it's because your brain is in that zone where it's like, mm. I have to memorize this now or wow. I can't do my job. I, I met in a stage actor here in Canton, Ohio years ago when I was at a local university and he, they brought him in. They had done months of rehearsals before he got there. Uh, it was the unsinkable Molly Brown mm, yes. and he was the main male lead ca character. And he said he ran through that only twice. He was in two rehearsals. Wow. He said he usually can just read the dialogue once or twice and he's got it. But the way his brain worked, he could just sit through, he could walk through two rehearsals and be ready to go live performances. Just amazing. Can't imagine. I not me. Could not. <laughs> Could not be me. Well, you still seem like like you you still. Oh, you, you, you once you're working, it, you're getting in I that rhythm. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like I doubt. I I wonder if this gentleman could do it with uh, production like Hamilton. I I would doubt it. He probably. Well, but the hey, thing I is, have Hamilton memorized. If I haven't oh, memorized, so, anyone oh, can have it memorized. I just I have uh, Empire's Fall. <laughs> my my fiance loves that. So we listen to it a lot when we cook. I, the, um, yeah, I feel like with musicals, it is easier to memorize mm -hmm. because once you have it to a song, it's like we were able to memorize the alphabet because it was to a song. And like it, it that is proven yeah, to help true. you memorize. Mm -hmm. Well, plays are, and I've ne I've never done a play except for out of like, except for high school. And mm -hmm. that is a goal of mine to eventually do a play, but Ooh, it's mm. hard. And I'm I'm terrified for hopefully when that day comes. <laughs> well, I, I think the, the you know, it's not just the fact that it's, uh, music is Hamilton, but it's more of a testament to how many times I've actually listened to it. Oh, yeah. No. Mm -hmm. And same. before I did the show, I already knew all the words because mm -hmm. I had listened. I mean, it came out when I was. When did it come out? I think I was 2016. Yeah, I think I was, was like... Was it 2016? I thought, yeah, around that time. Or, yeah, I was yeah. like 16, 17 when the um, the album came out. And I, mm -hmm. oh, I listened to it every day. <laughs> yep, yep. So you played Peggy and... And Mariah. Mariah. Peggy, Mariah, Mariah and I understudied Eliza. Oh, okay. 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 Did Another you, with understudying, did you actually get to play Eliza? Yeah, quite a bit. Um, Eliza is a very challenging role. So there are a lot of times where the um, the actress who usually plays Eliza will have to call out because it's very vocally demanding. Mm. And also, you know, people go on vacation, so they need um, people to fill in. So, um, yeah, they they started doing that around when I joined, um, <clears throat> where the Peggy Mariahs would understudy Eliza's because um, it was just very common that they needed a lot of Eliza covers. And mm -hmm. also there were a lot of people. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the Zoom thing just gave a thumbs up to you guys. I saw I, that. I don't know where that came from. That's cool. Anyway, that's I've new. noticed recently I was on a therapy session and I was like, here's my trauma, trauma, trauma. And then I did a little peace sign and then a bunch of balloons came up. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Anyway, <laughs> did did you give us a thumbs up and then the I guess Zoom? I did. I didn't realize wow. I did, but I don't okay. know. <laughs> um, 
but uh <laughs> yeah and so um also when i had i had been auditioning for hamilton since i first moved to new york when i was thing. i'm a computer per you know like know. i'm a, a software engineer well, and engineer so i need to like know <laughs> yeah. well, there you go well see that's the thing there's that's a thing cool. recognize, what, what is this there's an what option this? Put There's an option that says recognize hand gestures, but it's not recognizing oh. mine. Wait, can I do a heart? The heart one is easiest to no. remember. This is recognize. great for audio listeners. <laughs> yeah, the audio <laughs> listeners are like, what the hell is going on? We're playing with so you're saying has features. Um, features but can I get this straight? So was um yeah. So when I was auditioning, I was I was 18 and I had been in multiple times. The way it often works is they call people in a lot to because they they especially at that time were rolling out different uh, productions like the, the Broadway one was up they were uh, starting a first national tour and then they were starting a second national tour and then they had the Puerto Rico company and they had so they had all these different companies happening so with that kind of rollout they tend to keep calling people back kind of monthly to see where you're at and see where they can put you and. I had been auditioning for them for maybe nine months, about wow. about one audition a month. And wow. every yeah. time I would audition for Eliza and they kept being like, really great job. You're too young. And I'd be like, awesome. That's fine. All good. And then they'd call me back the next month and I'd be like, not really but, getting much older. Like it's not gonna do much difference. But then that's when they started. They were like, actually, we have a new thing where we have the Peggy Mariah's understudy Eliza so they can grow into Eliza. And that's um kind of how it perfectly worked out for me. And yeah, I would <clears throat> I would go on as Eliza fairly often and it was definitely one of those one of those dream roles, and and also getting to understudy, it, and and be a, be a cover, be anything is such such a wonderful learning experience because you also gain such appreciation for covers. Like they are such unsung heroes, and swings specifically, swings jobs are to literally just wait backstage in case someone gets injured or needs to call out mid show get on stage. Like it's, it's, it's a crazy job. And like, I had one time where I was on as Peggy Mariah, my usual track and our Eliza had an emergency and had to call out for act two, but there were no other people in the building who could play Eliza because a bunch of people were on vacation, but there was someone who could cover Peggy Mariah. So I Wow. <laughs> At act two, went on as Eliza, and someone else came in as Big Mariah. The audience was so confused. <laughs> but I had an awesome time and had a great story out of it. <laughs> right. So was this your first like big musical production? Yeah. Because that's I wild. Mean, so this is your first musical is is Hamilton. Your first TV I, show is Bacara yeah. Luck. That's insane. No, that's pretty amazing. It's insane. I mean, yeah. I've done local productions um, kind of the year before that, but that Hamilton was my first like national production, that kind of thing. And and no, I, I count myself very, very lucky that in those two years I did these two huge like franchises. Um, and in a way, like Hamilton 
prepped me for Star Trek in a way that I didn't expect in that Hamilton has a pretty, pretty intense following fan base um, for Mm -hmm. a musical. And it, you know, it's, it's small compared to, to Trek, but it's still, it it kind of Mm -hmm. led me into like, Oh, this is what it's like to have fans that will follow you for life. And, and also to play two characters in one show. I I was doing mm. that night, switching between two characters, and then I got to do that uh, multiple times over in in Star Trek. Oh wow! So I have to ask, yeah, what was it like covering Blue Skies? Ah, <sighs> yeah, because that, <laughs> that was... was just I mean, that your version of that was just like so hauntingly beautiful and set the whole tone for that whole thing and really honestly wrapped up a film that we have critically we've we've been yeah. a little hard on oh, but yeah. to have that bit. be a part of that whole thing was just yeah. magnificent i mean it's just beautiful what was it like yeah. covering that song yeah that was that was really special um it they they asked me to do that um at the premiere <laughs> the premiere we were at the premiere and um jeff russo had come up to me and was like here's what's going on and um <laughs> and that um and then just a couple weeks later then i was like in a studio and and wow. with a huge orchestra like hmm. live orchestra there i was in the room with them it was such a once in a lifetime kind of experience and the beautiful thing about it was um, we had, I got to watch the sequence as I was singing because they oh. already had it cut together. And <clears throat> knowing obviously the, the, where that song comes from within um, mm-hmm. this storyline, it being a song that data has sung and like that I, a version being so iconic and, it being this this very hauntingly beautiful twist to kind of round it all out. It was just, it couldn't not be emotional. Yeah. And then just watching the sequence as it like basically having this kind of funeral for Data in that moment and and watching it. I There were moments where I had to stop watching because I was getting too emotional and I was starting mm-hmm. to like crack while I was singing and I was like, oh, my throat's getting tight. But it, w- it really did help though watching it because it, certain moments swell with what's happening and, and, yeah. and it really like informed what I was doing, but it was just such an honor to, to do that. And, and, and really kind of pay homage to that character in in, in the way that I could, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, it was very, I remember watching that with my wife who kind of like, She'll watch Trek with me if I like rub her shoulders while we're watching it. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's kind of the, you know, right. um, and she appreciates it to a degree, but she's not going to, you know, she's going to yeah. watch Suits or yeah. whatever, you know. Um, so we're, she watched that whole first season with me and loved it. And so I was like, hey, this is cool. I don't, I don't have to rub her shoulders while we're watching this. You know? <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> although I probably should, but yeah. anyways, yeah. I digress. Uh, but, uh, when that so, when that said, whole yeah, right yeah <laughs> I I receive it I hear it I receive it I'm gonna apply it okay, um, but hearing that song, 
Um, and then I was like, I got to look up who's singing that. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's her. Like, are you kidding me? Like both my wife and our mouths were just open. Like that is one of the most, just like I said, hauntingly beautiful and haunting in a good mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Beautiful renditions uh, uh, of that song and how it was composed and performed I mean, yeah, and Jeff your voice too, was just... made a beautiful, beautiful um, version of that. I mean, it just, it, it went with what it was, uh, you know, yeah. exploring so, yeah. so well. And yeah, I'm so, mm -hmm. so grateful that I got to, got to do that. So let me ask you what, what one, one thing, or maybe one or two things do you wish people knew about you or things that you don't mm. get to talk much about when we have these interviews? Oy. That's a very open-ended question. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I have like talked about like the art that I do. A little bit. I, well, like you I, and I, I talked a little bit about it at Trek Long Island. You mentioned yeah. acrylic pouring, which I have. Mm. Yes. Yeah. You there we go. There's so my. Cool. Yeah. Um, but I, so I've talked a bit about it, but I think, I don't know, I guess something to know about me. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I just turned 25. Um, wow. And I'm you know, obviously very, very young and I have a lot of life ahead of me, but it, I am, I'm definitely kind of in a moment where I'm very, very like just appreciating everything that has happened so far. I, I'm very lucky to have lived as much life as I have already. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, something that you don't always talk about is like, I, I'm an actor and, and, and people see my face on TV sometimes and, you know, not so much. It's not like I'm, I'm being mobbed by people and like people know my name all the time, but like it is, it is definitely weird to be in a public sphere of sorts. And I think people sometimes fans, even with the best of intentions, can kind of forget that you're human. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, that's something that I think is worth just talking about and remembering is that everyone is human. Mm -hmm. And we're all going through things and we're all like learning as we go. And we've all done good things and also made mistakes and, and for anyone to be like kind of like I, I don't think anyone would want to be like pigeonholed as the person they were when they were 20. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Sure, that's, sure. That's Definitely not. But no. No, I think that's the kind of a thing that I'm working on is having more grace for that and like working on that mentally where that kind of takes a toll. And I think that's something that is just worth noting and yeah. saying that we're all and I, I think something similar to that is true um no matter you know what you know we have a, a similar issue at work where sometimes you meet somebody in one context yeah and you never think about them another way uh you know it's yeah. you, you you meet them with a certain skill set and oh okay that's 
this person is that kind of an engineer and that's all they do. And 10 years go by and no, they, they do other things too. So it's, yeah. I think it's, there's some similarity there that you're not the same person that someone might've first been exposed to you as. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's obviously, yeah, my experience is, is a very specific one, but I think mm-hmm. with everyone, it's like, we're all, we're all very the vast human beings. Like we, yes. we contain a lot of different things and, and yeah, I think just remembering that we're all just humans trying to, trying to do mm-hmm. life. Yeah, Yeah. with the capacity to grow and to learn. And I think you said a word that's really important to me, and that was just have grace. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just, that's, we need more of that, especially in the United States. I think we are short supply of that sometimes, whether it's in our politics, whether it's whatever with our neighbors for crying out loud, you know, so. You notice um, it just in, in, in interacting with people, like, mm -hmm. people are, are a lot more willing to kind of fight lately, right. I think, yes. in the last few years. And and I think so have I. I've been like, oh, I'm on guard. I need to be on guard because mm-hmm. people want to fight. <laughs> right. <laughs> and remembering, <laughs> that's not. Yeah. What if we all just were having grace with each other and just, yeah. Yeah. It'd be yeah. beautiful. And, and by the way, we're very happy because our friend Steve finally arrived all the way from Deep Space Nine. I think he was hanging out a little too long at Quark's Bar, though. Uh, Maybe he's having so, some clean uh, food. You never know. Actually, uh, Asa, nice to make your acquaintance. Yes, hi. I, I was at Children's Hospital. I was donating platelets. Wow. That's so, uh, yeah. Got to help so the kids at the right? hospital. Yeah. Uh, what, what now? I'm just kidding, Brian. I'm just messing with you. I said, how do you feel now, Brian? <laughs> yeah. Wow, have <laughs> grace with people, Ryan. <laughs> uh, just but you know, we can make fun go. of our friends, so yes. you know, we, we oh, do yeah. a little and, bit. And I'm not gonna ask you to recap everything you've been talking about. I will happily <laughs> do what I love to do, which is to listen to our podcasts when they're released, because yeah. often short term memory makes me forget what we discussed and I go, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that was an interesting <laughs> conversation. So I'll get to know you that way from yeah. that point on. Well, we were, I think, just getting close to finishing up. I think the, okay. you know, kind of following that last conversation, the one, I guess, final question related to that is, so because you mentioned that you, uh, you know, appreciate right now that you are on the young side of of life. So with so much to look forward to, do you think that this is your forever career or can you see yourself doing other things someday? I mean, like I said in the beginning, I'm I definitely know for sure that I I am a creative person and I kind of need creativity in my life. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I I don't know if like acting is always going to be my only creative outlet. I mean I I have kind of a history of of finding other things. I mean, I, I'm definitely, I'm like a hobby person. I love to pick mm. up a hobby. I like right now I'm, we're, I'm on miniatures. <laughs> I'm making miniatures and I love it. Really? Um, but no, I think um, I'm definitely very interested in continuing acting. I love it. That was my first love. I also love singing. I um, am working on, you know, writing my own stuff to eventually Ooh. release that. Um, but that's, 
giving myself time with that because you know it's nerve-wracking and 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 um getting used to that and finding your voice is 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 a long or just a specific kind of journey and a special journey and but I also I want to kind of get on the other side of things too I want to be producing eventually directing I because especially in this business and you know being a mixed person and, and also seeing my father who, who is also an actor, um, being a person of color in this industry, it, it's, it's, it's a very complicated, um, loaded thing. And, um, I've witnessed just a lot as, as I've worked more, how much influence you actually have behind the camera and 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 yes there and there's so much good to be done when you when people see your face and and hey being someone that like when i get little kids who who are like filipino who come up to me and they're like oh my god i saw you and i saw myself and like that is so mm-hmm. special mm-hmm. and that is oh my god that's like why i do it but when i really like when i have some hard days on set and maybe there's some injustices going on and i look around and see who actually can make differences and make changes and make changes for the better. Those are the positions I want to eventually be in. Mm-hmm. So I can be someone making that kind of change. That um, makes sense. So I do definitely, I, I want to continue. I have a lot of like friends who, you know, have recently gotten out of college and they're filmmakers and they're, and, and, and I'm excited to continue to be more on the ground floor of things and be helping people create just and just being a part of it, just being around it. Like I don't, I don't need to be in it. I don't need. I just want to be around it and be around people creating, so that I know, like the people creating stuff now, who are eventually going to be Oscar nominees or whatever. These are the people <laughs> that are 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 doing good and 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 are being helped, are being served in ways that maybe they're not right now. And um, yeah, that's that's the goal. <laughs> that's awesome. Well. I think that's that's a wonderful place to to wrap up and leave off. Uh, any final? Anyone want to say something final to Isa or Isa? Do you have anything else you want to say before we get off the stage? Anyone have anything? Okay. Cool. Well, okay. I just can't so wait much. to see what you have coming up. Yeah, that's I know. All. I wish. I wish yes. I could talk about. Yeah. Uh, I just hey, whoever's listening, keep your eyes peeled. Stuff is happening. I just can't talk about it yet, but um, we will. But even when you okay, say, but even when you write what you want to write, and you need a place to promote it, hey. you know, yep, <laughs> you know where oh, to yeah. come. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me on. This was this was really lovely. Awesome. Well, so everyone, I think that wraps up our fantastic conversation with the incredibly talented Issa Briones. We've, I think, unraveled some of the complexities of playing multiple characters in Star Trek Picard. And we talked briefly about the world of Goosebumps. So we'll have to talk about that again, like next time. Uh, But, you know, Issa's journey is a testament to her versatility and dedication to her craft. So thank you so much for joining us and sharing your fascinating experiences. And then to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. As always, if you want to interact or chat with us, join our Facebook group or find us on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can always drop us a note at thebigsci-fi podcast at gmail.com. 
I have to give a shout out, as always, to the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. We are very proud to be part of the Trek Geeks Network. And remember that you'll find us and some of our fellow podcasts at the aforementioned Trek Long Island this May slash June. So everyone get their tickets now. Until we meet again, remember to extend kindness and understanding to all beings across the cosmos and a little grace. Live long and prosper and join us once more for the next cosmic journey on the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. is heavy as I look around the world People are hurting even the boys and little girls Our sons and daughters deserve much more than this like a family make a new reality my heart is grieving for the homeless ones tonight the children see it while the parents walk on by our friends and neighbors deserve much more than this. like a family make a new reality I don't have all the answers but something happens when we work together maybe change will come much faster if we open our hearts to each other I think it's time to learn what it's like to really
Like a family, make a new reality. 